This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents the H-Town Hoops Rockets Draft Show. Here's Brandon Scott and Adam Spolane. We are officially on Whitmore Watch. We are officially on Whitmore Watch. We are 17 picks, just about 18 picks now into the NBA Draft. And Cam Whitmore, someone who was widely believed to be a top five talent in this draft, has survived all the way to, at the very least, the 18th pick. At 17, the Lakers just picked Indiana point guard Jalen Hood Shafino, who my guy Adam Spillane here should be very, very familiar with, being an Indiana alum yourself, my man. Yeah, he's a very solid you know, pick-and-roll type guy. He can shoot it a little bit. The shot's a little streaky, but he can defend. And I do think that he's the type of guy that could come in and really help the Lakers right away. And I don't necessarily think that he would have to, um, but you know, let's say they decide to let D'Angelo Russell go. They don't get Kyrie Irving. You know, Jalen Huchifino, especially because you know you don't need him to do a ton. Yeah. When you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis out on the floor, but now you have Miami at 18, Golden State at 19, and then the Rockets are at 20. And I've been told that it's the knees with Cam Whitmore. That that uh, the knees have raised a red flag with Cam Whitmore, and that's why that he is still out there. Now you have to, I think, discuss this as a team. Now, Miami probably can't take the risk because Miami is in a in a position where they're trying to win. Yeah. You know, the Heat are trying to win. They they were they they, they just got to the yeah, NBA they were finals. Just in the finals. Yeah. So they can really add a guy who can maybe help them right away and help supplement the rest of that roster. Uh the Warriors are in a very similar position where, you know, they're looking to win games at this point. But you are at the point of the first round where you can take a flyer and you can say, you know what, the medicals might be a little bit of an issue. But if his knees crap out, you're out the 20th pick in the draft. Big deal. Yeah. You know, 20th, the 20th pick in the draft usually craps out most of the time. Like, you're just not going to get a ton out. Of, you know, the, the hit rate on that pick isn't great. But if the knees hold up, then you are getting a, what, a top five talent? Yeah. At 20. Yeah. So to me, it's a risk that is probably worth taking. You look at Michael Porter Jr., he was a top five talent who fell to, what, 12, 13, 14? Yeah. And I think Denver is pretty happy that they took the risk at that spot. They just won the championship. So I, if you're in the Rockets position, you can afford to take it slow with him. You're not, you know, you're not really looking to win. Um, and, and you see what happens. And if it, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But if it works out, man, you look really, really smart. Yeah, I just find it strange. I understand that injuries can cause you to slide in a draft or can cause teams to have some sort of hesitation about you, but it makes me wonder, and look, I agree wholeheartedly with your point about it being worth the risk or something that they should be willing to risk at this point, 
if they can get him at 20. To me, it's a no-brainer. But as I sit here and observe this and watch it happen in real time, it does make me wonder and question how bad are the knees really? Like, how bad are we talking? Like, I was just watching him do video, or I was just watching him on video do workouts right here with with one of our local TV stations, and he seemed to be, you know, working out just fine. I know that doesn't tell me the full story of his medicals and what his physical looks like. I get that, but it makes me really wonder and really question how bad is whatever it is, whether it's the knee, if it's something else, whatever the case may be that caused Cam Whitmore to slide from, let's call it outside of the top eight. I figured for sure the guy, and there he is in the green room. I thought he wasn't there. But to, to slide out of the top eight and to now be here at number at pick 18 with the Miami Heat on the clock, a team like you mentioned has a sense of urgency, just got out of the finals, has been to the finals, you know, twice in the last three years or whatever it's been. Like they probably wouldn't want to take a flyer on somebody. They want to take somebody that can come in and help them right away. It's just a fascinating proposition. Makes me wonder how bad of an issue are we talking about? Uh, just as the from the cautionary aspect, I'd probably do it anyway, especially not knowing the answer to that question. If you ask me right now, hey, yeah, no, go ahead and get that guy who I thought they probably uh, would have been a good pick for them at four and is available to them now at 20 or could be available to, to them at 20, depending on what happens with Miami and Golden State. Miami will not take Cam Whitmore. So that means so they will go in a different direction at 18. So that means you have Golden State at 19 and then the Rockets uh, are going to be in it'll be the Rockets now to see if what they think of the medicals and if they think that it's worth it. You know, we've kind of speculated all throughout this process that they would look to get out of 20 or they would look to move up, look to get out of the pick altogether. But if Cam Whitmore is there and you feel like the knee, you know, your doctors might think, you know, something different than what the other doctors think, but I will be, it becomes very interesting now at this point, the Rockets Warriors, rivalry if you will comes full circle today in a lot of ways with Chris Paul being dealt you know obviously Chris Paul played for the Rockets at the time when they most threatened the Warriors run he gets traded to the Warriors earlier today before the draft and now it looks like based off of what we're seeing the only thing standing in between as as we stand here now on cam uh, or what I call it Whitmore watch cam cam on Whitmore watch trying to see what we got uh, with the number 20 overall pick. The only thing that's standing in, in the way of them, if Miami doesn't make that pick and it doesn't look like they will, is Golden State at 19. It's just it's just funny to me how, you know, there's the parallels. And here you are still trying to trying to build a team that compete and, and do essentially what Golden State was able to do. And that's, you know, back to uh, – obviously they won championships, but this year back their way into the playoffs. And we'll see if maybe the Rockets try and move up. You know, the Rockets and Warriors could, you know, wind up flipping that spot. But I do wonder because Miami's going to take one of the older college guys here. And here, we'll yeah, give you this pick right to here. It. With the 18th pick in the 2023 NBA draft, the Miami Heat select Jaime Jaquez Jr. from UCLA. Just a winning player. Like this is this. Is, if you ever wanted heat culture, that's this guy because this all he did, all they did at UCLA was win games while he was there. I believe he was Pac-12 Player of the Year uh, this past season at UCLA. They 
they went to a Final Four um, a couple years ago, and uh, they they got to the Sweet 16 last year, and then this past season they got to the Sweet 16 and lost that just terrific game uh, to Gonzaga. They were you know they were one two in the in the uh, Pac-12 with Arizona. This is a winning type player, and this is the type of player that teams that are looking to win right away. That's the type of guy you get. The ceiling might not be that high, but he knows how to play. He comes in. So when you look at the Warriors now picking at 19, to me, this is the type of player that you look for because as we've seen the last couple of years, Warriors haven't had a lot of depth. And they've drafted kind of these high-ceiling young guys, and it has not worked out with James Wiseman. Jonathan Kaminga hasn't quite worked out yet. Moses Moody hasn't quite worked out yet. So yeah, if you're the they, Warriors— they, At the very least, they haven't shown confidence in yes. those guys. And so if yeah. you're the Warriors, you almost look for the guy who's going to be able to help you right away. And maybe that means overdrafting somebody. Um, there was the uh, the other kid from, uh, from Connecticut— the uh, the wing whose name I, I'm the worst with names right now. Jordan Jordan Hawkins? No, not Jordan Hawkins. Oh. He was the uh, the wing. Oh yeah, um, gosh, dog it. Um, and we were at we were literally at the games when they won in both the final oh, four the press conferences. Yeah, the the the, the, the both the Andre final. Jackson. Andre yeah, Jackson. Andre, so, Andre Jackson. Andre, Jr. Andre Jackson right. is not he's not a top twenty pick. He's not a top twenty talent. But he comes in and he helps you right away because he just knows how to play basketball. So I don't think that that necessarily would be the pick, but that's the type of guy that maybe you're looking for. Uh, maybe the kid from Santa Clara, Pajenski. That's yeah. a, that he's an he's an elite. He's probably we talk about shooting. He's one of the best shooters in this draft. That's somebody that comes in right away, and you know he he get beat up defensively, but Golden State is so good at just creating three pointers for other people. He comes in and helps you. So you know to me. Um, that's why maybe Golden State doesn't go in the direction of a Cam Whitmore because yeah. they're trying to win right away. They're trying to maximize everything that they can get out of this Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson trio. Now you ha- you add Chris Paul to that mix and Andrew Wiggins. So I- I'm very interested to see where what direction that they go in that they go in with this. Well, pick. well, that's interesting too, though, from a Rockets perspective because we understand now that they're not incentivized to lose in any way, but also perhaps not necessarily built and ready to win either and so you, the the players that you mentioned or would those also be players that the Rockets should be thinking about targeting or you know like we mentioned with with Cam Whitmore now is it, well, like what's the smarter play for them to go and get you know like a Jaime Hakes Jr. Uh, somebody that can come in and, and give you basketball intellect and contribute right away or is it the smarter play to bet on the upside at the 20th overall pick because like you said at the end of the day all it is is the 20th pick whether it works or it doesn't like what what's the smarter strategy at this point for the Rockets once they get there at 20 and I guess it does depend on what happens here at 19. Yeah it's really you know if Whitmore is there then it's probably worth just taking the shot the talent is what it is and if you are if you're the GM who makes that pick you come off looking like a genius so to yeah, me, yeah. if 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 you're yeah. a gambler, if you like to gamble, then I, I think that Whitmore would be the pick. Now, again, you Golden State is in a position where you don't necessarily want to gamble yeah. because they're trying to win a championship. So you would like to probably get a player who can help you right away here at 19. We'll have to see. This, yeah. But I think that this is a very interesting part of the draft because we just saw Miami would have been a team that is in a very similar boat where they're trying to win right away, mm-hmm. and so they take the guy the, the college guy who could probably help them right away. Well, and you mentioned the the best point when it comes to the Warriors is, and, and I know they talk about this out in the Bay Area all the time, is how they just didn't have any depth. And the team, the, the difference between ultimately 
the difference between the haves and the have nots. And we're talking about contenders now here. So, you know, think of the Warriors and the Phoenix Suns of the world and teams like that. The difference, the Dallas Mavericks, the difference between the haves and the have nots ended up being the ones who were top heavy but didn't have any depth versus, say, a Denver Nuggets team that did have depth and won the championship. Or even the Lakers who didn't have it to begin with but ended up accumulating it over over a course of time with the trades that they made. They ended up creating some depth on their team. Like the biggest thing that the Warriors need and what they're trying to accomplish here with this pick is to add some kind of quality depth because going back to the earlier point, I don't I honestly don't know cuz I think Jonathan Kaminga is talented. I think Moses Moody is talented. For whatever reason, and I'm going to trust those guys over in Golden State that they know what they're doing because they've been pretty damn successful. It's a new front office. Yeah, yeah. So for whatever reason, they don't believe in those guys, even though I think that they're talented. This seems like the moment where they got to, at the very least, uh, go get somebody that they can believe in. Not just somebody to draft, but somebody they can draft and play in the playoffs as opposed to Jonathan Kaminga on the bench collecting dust. And remember, Whitmore is a younger guy, too. Yeah. So Whitmore kind of falls in line with the Kamingas and the Wisemans, the guys that don't have a whole lot of experience. They couldn't really help right away. And I, I just don't think that the Warriors are going to go in that direction. To me, it feels like the Warriors will go with an older guy. Yeah, and, and and their pick is in. I will say about Cam Whitmore, he's like, you know, whatever he is, 18 or 19 years old. I do think that there's something about a young guy with knee issues. But here's Golden State picking at 19. Pick in the 2023 NBA Draft, the Golden State Warriors select Brandon Pojemski from Santa Clara University. This this is one of the best shooters in the draft. We talk about Grady Dick. We've talked about Jordan Hawkins. And then this guy is probably right there with them. Played right up the road from San Francisco at Santa Clara. Um, he was, I believe he started his college career at Illinois and then transferred to Santa Clara and was uh, he might have been West Coast Conference Player of the Year. If he wasn't, he was a first-team All-West Coast Conference selection. You know who his head coach was? Herb Sendek. Do you know who Herb Sendek coached in college? Who did he coach? James Harden. So kind of an oh, interesting parallel oh, okay. between those two. So yeah, so he's got he's got James Harden ties roundabout. Somewhat. In, indirect James Harden ties is the best way to to call it. So so there's there's been a run on shooters. Uh Pazimski here. Uh obviously we talked about some of the other shooters that have already gone. Grady Dick maybe being the best one. Um, but it is officially officially with more watch because he's the best player that's available on the board. There's no question about that. That's probably been the case for a little while now, but certainly he's the best player available on the board as the Rockets sit here at 20, man. Now it's at the point of like, there's a little bit of pressure on this pick. Now, if they don't pick Cam Whitmore, like I'm trying to think of what would be the reason on passing on him. Who's the, who's the player left? that you think is worth passing on Cam Whitmore for if they actually make that pick at 20, which we I think we believe they are at this point. Like, I don't I don't know if there is a player like that that exists. Even this guy who looks like, you know, he could have contributed to the, you know, to the Rockets as a shooter and overall energy guy. I don't know if that guy existed in, at any point. Bryce Sensible, I know we've talked about earlier, um, you know, as a, you know, the guy out of Ohio State, but it, it might be, a for me, a clear-cut, sort of thing if there's uh if it's not just the, the the knee issue yeah and this is one of those you got to trust what your doctors say but even even if they say okay it's 50 50 that the knees hold up yeah how it's, bad it's gotta, worth that man how bad's the knee gotta be man what's in there 
What's wrong with the knee? What is wrong with Cal? I need, I need this piece of journalism to drop as soon as possible. I mean, this this has got to be the follow-up story, the next day story, okay, for this is a little inside baseball here, but the journalists that are tasked with coming up with answers. Well, and in all honesty, out exactly. it's not the next day story. That's going to be the today story. Yeah. Well, that, and that's next day. At least a, on this pick. Next day is a is a is a yeah. is a uh, a phrase and a term, a euphemism, so to speak, for the next thing. And that's just how media works. The next day is not really the next day. It's the next moment. But that's the follow-up question, though. No, but I don't even think it's the follow-up. I think it's the question. Yeah. I think that if if they take Whitmore at 20, then that the first question to Rafael Stone is, what did you guys see in his medicals? And are you confident that he will be able to hold up? Yes. Now, I don't know if they'll be able to answer that question, but it's absolutely, that's going to be one of the first things. And to me... It, it almost feels like that they took Amon Thompson at four. If they take Cam Whitmore at 20, it almost feels like Cam Whitmore will, the first question to Rafael Stone tonight will be about Cam Whitmore, which I would have never guessed that the 20th pick would wind up having the, that the, the first question to Rafael Stone would be about the 20th pick and not the fourth pick. I've spent most of the offseason, I would say, let, let's call it everything post-lottery once we knew where they were picking. I've spent all of that time somewhat dismissing the idea of the twentieth pick, I just dis- we, we dis- both have dismissed it entirely. I felt like even when we did our preview, we almost uh, and I think you stopped me, but uh, we almost moved on and I did and, and for, for trade up. scenarios. Yeah, yeah, for trades <laughs> which gave, were fun. I gave I'm, trade I'm, scenarios. I'm glad you did because those were fun to do. And, and but I think that was even not because of the you know the the importance or the urgency for the number twenty pick, but just for the trade scenarios, just for what the implications could be if they were to trade it. So so that's that was really the question. Now we go from, hey, dismissing the 20th pick, having a conversation of, hey, should they even make the 20th pick to the, tw- the 20th pick could very well turn out to be the story of the draft, or at least their the story of the draft is Victor Wimbayama, but their story no, of the I, draft. I, you know what? I honestly think this could wind up being the story of the draft. Yeah, yeah if because you consider that known, Victor was a We've known what sure that thing, was going to yeah. be the entire sure, night. Sure, You have, a, with the Rockets, you have a team that could wind up getting Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore, which if that was going to happen, you would have had to say, well, they must have moved up from 20 to 6. Yeah. Maybe, you know, yeah, maybe they would have seven, had to go yeah. 4 and 5 back to back right, right. in order to make that happen. And now you have a chance to... Two to of get, the top seven players in the draft, you might say, talent-wise. Talent and, and, and you have a chance to get those picks without having to trade anything. They yeah. could, they just sat there and had this opportunity. So it, it's a fascinating night. And, you know, Rafael Stone is somebody who, you know, worked under Daryl Morey for a long time. Nobody took bigger swings than Daryl Morey. That was Daryl Morey's thing. He was taking gorilla hacks every time he came up to the plate. And now for Rafael Stone, this is your opportunity to take one of those. And, yeah. you know, they they really, I, I wouldn't say they've gone with safe picks at any point during these drafts over the last few years. And this is certainly not a safe pick, but it, it has an opportunity. This could wind up being maybe his best that, yeah. that he's made. They, he took a big swing on Shingun, yeah. trading two future first round picks to, to move up to 16 to get him. And now they've got a chance to uh, to, to take Cam Whitmore here. It, it really is a fascinating turn of events with this draft. Well, we know that based off of pre-draft workouts and intel that they at the very least had conversations about Cam Whitmore now. And we're talking about conversations at number four overall. Now, how substantive were those conversations? We could quibble with that. Maybe they weren't that substantive. Clearly, they liked Ahmed Thompson a lot more. And, and, and Cam has 
slid for clearly this reason, but feels like the cat's out of the bag. Already started to see a little bit of the reporting on social media that Cam Whitmore could be, could very well be the next Houston Rocket. We haven't seen, look, man, I think we're going to have to go ahead and blow through this break, man, because that's where we're at at this point. It's 9 o'clock. We're going to have to play the the interview with him, too, because that is going to be very interesting just to hear what he has to say. Oh, yeah. Hopefully they ask him about the medicals and and what happened there. Now, he's not going to say anything, but it it is obviously the big question, you know, because he's not the type of guy that you thought would be there for you at I don't think anybody thought that we talked about the possibility of them moving up from 20 to 11. Yeah. I didn't think he'd be there at yeah. 11. But I I am, is I am curious of what the motivation is and, and just sort of if this, like how this affects him. Let, let's hear what the Rockets are going to do at pick 20. Here we go, baby. With the 20th pick in the 2023 NBA Draft, the Houston Rockets select Cam Whitmore from Villanova University. Oh, yeah, all a part of the evil plan, right? All a part of the plan. Go get you a little amen, get you a little Armin Thompson, and you're just going to let Cam Whitmore slide all the way to the back, all the way to pick 20. Who said they weren't interested in picking at 20? Cam Whitmore was going to be there. And, hey, Whitmore Watch is over. Cam Whitmore is now officially your newest and latest Houston Rocket. And let's remember why they have this pick. Yeah. Because this was originally part of – this pick was indirectly part of both the James Harden trades and the Eric Gordon trade because the Rockets got a a, a 2022 first-round pick from Milwaukee. They pushed that back to 2023 when they traded P.J. Tucker uh, to Milwaukee. They made it the 2023 first round pick, and then they were able to move up 10 spots in the draft with Eric, because of the Eric Gordon trade. Uh, so that be, basically became a, a pick swap uh, with the Clippers pick. So this was originally the Clippers pick. This is a, a long way to say that the Rockets were able to have this yeah. pick because of the Eric Gordon trade at the deadline. They essentially moved up from 30 to 20 to get this pick, and they get a guy who is, you know, for all intents and purposes, one of the best talents in this draft. But because of some injury concerns, he falls to them at 20. Yeah, and we got to hear about the medicals, man. I Like, I don't know how much, like, how much honesty and openness we're going to get on that and, and for good reason. But, like, this doesn't really make a ton of sense outside of that. Like, if and if you were to tell a Rockets fan that, hey, you're going to miss out on Victor Wimby. You, you got your two first-round picks, but you're going to miss out on Victor Wimbyama. Not just that, but you're going to miss out on the top three. But two of the players that you could argue are like the next best, the top five players, you're going to get them in the span. So let's hear from Cam Whitmore live. You talked to me a little bit about four years ago when you broke your leg and you had to battle through that adversity. Tonight, you realize a dream. How are you feeling in the moment? I mean, I'm excited, grateful to be here. I mean, I'm blessed. I've been in one of the NBA for um, 90 years since I was born. So I'm, um, you know, blessed to be here. Mom, Colleen, Dad, Myron, none of these athletes are able to do this without a tremendous support system. Oh, How have you watched this dad, grow at this and point, man, we got here from Gail, baby. Just, he's been a hard worker, determined, um, just always had this goal, and he's never given up no matter what adversity that he's gone through. 
Well, I can tell you that, um, you know, he's had this dream since he was in fifth grade, right? And so we've been supporting him 150%, attending all of his games, taking all of his practices. And so we've been behind him 100%. Tonight, the support all pays off. You guys enjoy the night, Cam. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's let's just say right now, and we're going to go to break, so let's just say off top, man, Cam Whitmore brings to you, and we'll figure out about the medicals, but just as far as his game brings you strength, athleticism, uh, should be a pretty good rebounder for his size. I mean, 6'6", six, six, but sturdy as hell. Like, you want to run like a tight end. Or, never mind, I'm sorry. Keep yeah. going. Oh, it was Dan Hurley. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. thinking that, that's his coach. Yeah, coach. yeah, but we don't have. Yeah, I was gonna say we didn't get a UConn player, did we? <laughs> Kyle Neptune. Yeah, yeah. Well, were you confusing UConn and Villanova yes, briefly? Yes. Yeah, that that's a very easy thing to happen. Both have been. Uh, they both won successful. national championships yes, here in the last. Yes, ex- seven exactly. Years. No, exactly. But but that's what Cam Cam Whitmore as a basketball player brings. Uh, adds to the to the athleticism. Assuming that the knees work. Uh, not a great shooter, but not a bad shooter at all. Can shoot the ball, adept at shooting. Um, doesn't necessarily, and this is what worries me and worried me even when I was talking about taking him at number four, but worries me far less taking him at number 20. The basketball IQ part, I feel like you can have some patience with a young guy, let him learn how to play, let him get used to the NBA game. Uh, MA Udoka, I think that's a, a whole nother conversation to have on like what's the MA Udoka effect going to be on these young guys that they both already have and have now drafted. But I think Cam Whitmore has a whole lot to offer depending on how, how healthy he ends up being. Yeah, and we'll just it's one of those things we just got to wait and see. And it's not it's not the risk that you want to take it for, it's not maybe the risk that you would want to take it 10 or 12 or 14. But at 20, why not? Because the type of player, you're not getting this type of player at 20, ever. It's just not happening. So you just have to hope for the best. You have to trust your medical people. And we'll see what happens with it. Um, Again, to me, this night almost becomes more about the 20th pick than about the 4th pick, which is crazy to think about because we didn't even think they maybe would make the 20th pick when this night started. That is sort of the caveat, the not even side story, maybe the main bar at this point. The fact that this guy, Cam Whitmore, fell all the way to you at 20, a pick that conceptually was somewhat of a throwaway. But overall, big picture, you've got Amon Thompson, Rockets fans. You've got Amon Thompson. You've got Cam Whitmore now. We know who your newest Houston Rockets, who they are, and what your core looks like. We're going to talk more about that on the other side on the NBA Draft Special. Adam Spillane Brandon Scott here. Don't go anywhere. Sports Radio 610 presents the H-Town Hoops Rockets Draft Show. Here's Brandon Scott and Adam Spolane. Story of the draft. We already knew what was happening with Victor Wimbyama. And the top three picks ended up being chalk as well. But the story of the draft is the way that it has unfolded over the last, let's call it 10 minutes or so. The way it unfolded. Right there at the number 20 overall pick, the throwaway pick, the one that they got because, like you mentioned, because they traded Eric Gordon. First it was James Harden, then P.J. Tucker, and then Eric Gordon. Yeah, yeah, this 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 long chain reaction of trading the guys from, let's call it the more recent glory years of Houston Rockets basketball, lands you this 20th pick that, you know, kind of felt like a throwaway. Doesn't feel like you need to pick arguably the 20th best player in the draft, and they end up 
with Cam Whitmore, who is certainly better than 20th best player in the draft. But right now, we've got... We're, we're going to have a special we, guest here. Do we have him? Do we have him right he's, now? He's talking to Chris as we speak. I was going to say, did he? <laughs> I hope he didn't hear the sound of my voice and then decide. Because, you know, you know, Kelvin Sampson can, has high standards. The highest of standards that you'll ever find. So, hopefully he didn't get on and hear something that he didn't like. But it does sound like we have U of H's head men's basketball coach on the line. He's there at the draft. One of his players, Jairus Walker, has been selected. And, and Coach, we just got to get – first of all, thank you for, for making the time. And and also to get your reaction to Jairus Walker being a lottery pick. I'm sure you expected this, but what has this moment been like? And, and, and sort of what are you expecting to, to see out of Jairus in his first year as a pro? Uh, yeah. I, uh, first of all, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, of course, uh, Jairus is going to be a lottery pick. I mean, he could have went anywhere from – Four to ten. I think his I think his ceiling was probably four, and his floor is probably ten. Um, yeah, he's, there's nothing he's not good at. Uh, I think once he gets into the league, his size six eight, two forty, two fifty uh, will translate to playing with different lineups. He'll probably come off the bench his first couple of years, so. He'll be in the second unit, which means he can play small or big, uh, small ball four, small ball uh, uh, four or five, and then a traditional lineup, three, four, five, whatever they need him to do. Uh, very smart, cerebral, athletic, uh, but he's only 19 years old, you know, so his game's going to improve. You know, there's a lot of people that don't know what they don't know that will put a period at the end of their, these kids' uh, games when they have a bad game. There's a period. What is, there's no such thing as that. It's a comma. He's going to get better. His second year, his third year, his fourth year, he's going to get better and better and better. High character kid, hard worker. Um, you know, he chose Houston to get the most out of his abilities, and I think he did. I think coming here is a first-round draft pick. No matter what we did, what we did was help him become a lottery pick. And um, I think that's uh, something he's very proud of. U of H men's basketball coach Kelvin Sampson joining us on Sports Radio 610. Obviously, you knew that he was going to be a good player when, when you got him. Where did you see him improve the most over the course of the past season? I think his intensity, his toughness, uh, rebounding. You know, when I watched him play AAU in high school, you know, he played so much behind the three-point line. There was not a lot of accountability for, you know, uh, toughness plays. Um, you know, traffic rebounds, um, uh, keeping the ball in front of him, defense. You know, we won at Virginia this year. We won at Oregon, at Cincinnati. In those games, Jarris was our best player. You know, the tougher the, the, tougher the competition, the better he played. And Jarrett was not our best player. Our best player was Marcus Sasser. You know, the top uh, shooting guard in the nation award is the Jerry West Award. Uh, uh, Marcus Sasser was the Jerry West Award winner for the top two guard in the nation this year. He's also a first-team All-American. He was a wooden award finalist, and he was the American Athletic Conference Player of the Year. And um, there was not a, 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 a player more happy for Marcus' success than Jarrett. And I think that was something that was important. In uh, our team success this year is that everybody was, um, you know, happy for other each, each other's success. But uh, 
Jairus' toughness. Um, I don't know how tough he was when he got here, but he got a lot tougher uh, while he was here. And uh, as the season went on, his role expanded, uh, his confidence grew, and his toughness uh, grew. So uh, by the end of the year, you know, he's only going to be here one year. And uh, um, whoever got him is is getting a winner. Jairus is a winner. You know, sometimes in the NBA you tend to uh, overanalyze or make things complicated, but Jairus is an easy pick. I talked to so many general managers, so many presidents in the last three or four days, and I told them all the same thing. If you don't pick Jairus, you're going to regret it. Obviously, you recruited Jairus for a reason, and so once you bring that guy to the program, you know how long he's going to be around and the fact that he's – you know, uh, projected to be a lottery pick. But, but at what point did you, were you sure and certain, was there a moment in either scouting and recruiting him or since you had him and while you were coaching him where you were as sure as you are right now that whoever picked Jairus would be getting the type of player that they're getting? What was that moment for you? Well, early, early, you know, in college basketball, there's two signing periods, a November signing period and also an April signing period. Um, and, you know, as time went on, and the more time we went into evaluating and recruiting and um, being involved with Jairus, we, you know, we knew how good he was. Um, but when he signed with us in November, uh, I, I knew that he was a one and done. But, our, but he was a first-round draft pick no matter what we did. Uh, but I think what we did was help him become a lottery pick. He wasn't a lottery pick when he signed here. He was just a first-round pick. But we told his parents that if he comes to Houston, we're going to develop him into a lottery pick. And that's, and that's where our pride and our satisfaction and gratitude comes from, is that help, helping him reach his goals. It's not about us. It's not about Houston. It's all about Jairus and his family and, uh, and tonight. You know, I'm I'm here in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center right now at the draft. I just, you know, when Jared's name was called, I went and gave him a hug and told him I was proud of him. I loved him. Um, and um, as he goes forward with his career, as he gets older, he's going to get better and better and better. But, uh, you know, uh, all Cougar fans should be uh, uh, proud. You know, Cougs are important. Um, I love University of Houston. I love our basketball program. Uh, but our fan, our fan base has been a huge part of our success. So everybody has a little bit of piece of this. Kelvin Sampson joining us on Sports Radio Six Ten. I got one more before we can get you out of here. You mentioned Marcus Sasser. Uh, he's going to get picked at some point tonight. Just w- what are teams? The team that gets Marcus Sasser. What what type of player are they getting? Yeah, uh, thank you for asking that question. By the way, Mar- I love Marcus. I've been with Marcus for four years. Um, Marcus, first and foremost, is a winner. Um, he's a guy that, that has evolved into this position. You know, everybody says he's a top 100 kid, top 50 kid, top 25 kid. Well, Marcus wasn't even a top 300 kid. I think there was two, team, two schools from the state of Texas even offered him. We were one of them. But that tells you a little bit about what we value and what we look at recruits. We have zero interest in the top 10 players or 20 players unless they fit who we are and how we do things here. Well, Marcus fit us. 
And um, when we recruited Marcus and uh, he committed to us, we told him that he would have a chance to start if he came in here and did uh, A, B, and C. And he did. He started as a freshman. He played on a Final Four team. He played on the Elite Eight team. He played on the Sweet 16 team. He, he won conference championships. He won conference tournament championships. And I think what I'm saying uh, in a nutshell is that Marcus is a winner. You know, I've talked to everybody from the Denver Nuggets to the Boston Celtics to the uh, uh, God, I mean, there's 30 NBA teams. I probably talked to 20 of them about Marcus and Jarris. They all running together right now, but Whoever gets Marcus is going to be fortunate. Um, he's a winner. He's tough. Um, his, his weakness are overcome by his strengths. And um, um, wherever he gets picked tonight, that, that, that organization is going to be the winner. That is University of Houston head men's basketball coach Kelvin Sampson here with us, taking some time. Hey, Coach, congratulations to you and your program. Safe travels to you back, and uh, appreciate your time. Okay, thank you guys for having me on. All right, and again, that was Kelvin Sampson joining us right here on the NBA Draft Special. That's him calling from Brooklyn, like he mentioned in the call. He's at Barclays. They're supporting his players that are, you know, obviously having the biggest moment of their careers. And, you know, Jairus Walker going as a lottery pick as expected. We're going to put a bull on this. We've blown through bricks because, hey, man, we can do that at this time of night, and we're having a good time. But we're going to take a break now and put a bow on this and uh, talk about where the Rockets are now with Amon Thompson and Cam Whitmore as part of their core. Who would have thunk it? Stay with us. Hey, it's town So excited to get started. So excited to be there. Sports Radio 610 presents the H-Town Hoops Rockets Draft Show. Here's Brandon Scott and Adam Spillane. I mean, I'm excited and grateful to be here. I mean, I'm blessed. I've been in one of the NBA for um, 90 years since I was born. So, um, you know, blessed to be here. That is the voice of one Cam Whitmore. Played at Villanova for a year. Was widely, to believe, widely believed to be a top, let's call it five to seven talent in this draft. Slides to 20 into the lap of the Houston Rockets. So to recap. Adam Spillane here, Brandon Scott here, Chris Santiago handling things behind the glass. This is an H-Town Hoops edition of an NBA draft show, if you will. To recap, Rockets go chalk and pick Amon Thompson with the fourth overall pick. They've got a point guard. Conversation that we will be having from now until we get to camp and until we actually see things unfold is what is his readiness how ready is he to contribute right away? And also, what is the urgency on the Rockets' part being a team that has no incentive incentive to be bad anymore? What is the urgency on the Rockets' part to have him be ready and contribute right away? And then the Cam Whitmore thing. And maybe I buried the lead there because I think we would agree that's the story of the draft. Cam Whitmore falls to the Rockets at 20 and – you know, depending on what the medicals look like and what the you know exact reason is for him being available at that spot, could very well be a, a high level player for this team at the ceiling if he reaches his ceiling. It, it's funny, kind of the turn that the night took because we spent so much time just in probably the hour 
after the Rockets took Amen Thompson, just kind of talking about the roster and how yeah. things fit. And basically for the last hour, we have completely gone away from that because of the whole all of a sudden now um, you have Cam Whitmore falling. And yeah. you're, you're slowly but surely. Yeah, is, <laughs> is Cam Whitmore now a possibility? Is it worth the risk? And clearly it is worth the risk at 20. And then we talked to Kelvin Sampson, which was terrific. So um, it's been it has been a, a night that I certainly did not expect. I mean, we went into this wondering if the guys at the top might fall. And, hey, maybe Brandon Miller is there for the Rockets at four. Maybe it's Scoot Henderson there for the Rockets at four. That played out the way we expected to play out. They took Amin Thompson like we thought. And then all of a sudden, Cam Whitmore starts falling. And it, uh, if for the Rockets, it works out perfectly that the teams that were in front of them were kind of in a mode where they needed to win. And so maybe taking a risk on a younger guy like Cam Whitmore isn't quite you know, the direction that you want to go in. And so the Rockets are just sitting there with the help of the Eric Gordon trade slash PJ Tucker trade slash James Harden trade. And, and they were there to pounce. So it, it's one of the, I don't think that we could have ever thought going into this night that we would wind up spending more time talking about the 20th pick than we are the fourth pick. Every draft in every league is a crapshoot and it's part of the fun in it in trying to guess because none of us really know like with the exception of certain prospects like a LeBron James and Victor Wimbanyama who went tonight, like there are there are certain guys where you just feel like, oh, I feel like I know that that's going to be pretty good, that that's going to translate. But by and large, we don't really know. But with that as the preface, so with that in context, the Rockets still – one on upside. One of the questions that I wanted to feel like I could answer after tonight, Adam, as we get here to the end of this NBA draft special, one of the questions that I want to feel like I could be able to answer confidently is whether the Rockets got better. Because would it be a, a, a damn shame if you go through a draft, and especially if you got two picks and one way or the other, whether through using the two picks on players or using one of the picks to trade for somebody else, like just you know as an asset, one way or another, you want to come away from that as a better basketball team overall. And you could say what you want about the floor, but you're betting on, when you draft, you are betting on, I think, you're betting on the ceiling. You're betting on the potential and at least hoping that that's what you got. I feel like the Rockets can come away from this feeling like they got just like super high ceiling guys, like the highest of ceilings that you could have gotten from this draft if you were not picking in the top three as they were not. And I don't know if we can say that they got better. They got more that, talented. Yeah, they, they, that's, they, that, that, and that, that's an important yes, distinction. Yes. I love that you made that distinction because did you get better or did you just get more talented? And how do you make more talented become better? Which I guess is maybe the Yudoka question. Yeah, and, and that, that's where, that's where player development comes in. Yes. And I don't really know who's going to be running player development for the Rockets right now. It, it has been John Lucas and Robbie Keck the last few years. I don't know if they're going to remain with the team, but player development now is obviously it's hugely important when you are essentially a draft and develop team, which is what the Rockets have now become over the last three years. Uh, so that's going to be key. And you have to know, are these guys going when you draft these guys, you have to know, are they going to get better? Are they going to be the types of guys that are going to be in the gym nonstop? I think you knew with with Jalen Green and with Jabari Smith, those were two guys who were always going to be in the gym and who are going to be super competitive. So they got more talented tonight. Now it's just about seeing it on the floor and seeing if they actually did wind up getting better. So Brandon Miller went number two overall to Charlotte. Scoot Henderson went number three overall to Portland, and that's what left 
the Houston Rockets for to select Amon Thompson. Okay, Ron Hughley, our colleague here at Sports Radio 610. You can hear him on the Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Tyler Miller produces that thing. They do that from two to six every weekday. But he asked this question on Twitter. I'm opposed it to you because I find it a little bit interesting. I'm thinking through it right now. If you had to choose, okay, and, and I think you were, I think this is a good question for you specifically because you like Brandon Miller as yeah. much as you did. So let's make Scoot Henderson the number three prospect. And he ended up going third overall anyway. If you had to choose, would you take the pair that the Rockets ended up with and Amon Thompson and Cam Whitmore or just Scoot Henderson? Obviously, they didn't have that option. But in a fantasy world, if you had to choose, you were given the option. The pairing of Amon Thompson and Cam Whitmore or just Scoot Henderson, which would you choose? I need to know about uh, Cam Whitmore's knees. Okay. If if Cam Whitmore's knee, if there's a serious issue there, then I would take Miller. I, I would absolutely take no, no, Miller. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I don't know if I said it wrong, but Miller's not an option. Scoot, oh, Henderson? Scoot, yeah, my bad. Oh, no, no, if no. I said Miller, my bad. Scoot Henderson is No, the, is I, the I would take the two. Okay. I would take the two guys. Okay. And this is one of the things that I talked about earlier. The 6-2 guy always scares me a little bit. I, I want my guys to be – I need a little bit more versatility with the size. Yeah. And that that's that's more of a me thing. That's more of a preference that I have. Yeah, but you know what? I think that there's something to that. I, I, I've mentioned this earlier in the show, but I've mentioned it again. It's a big people game. It's a big people game. And even at 6'2", like how great you got to be and you still got a ceiling. Like Donovan Mitchell, as good as he can be, but he can't make himself not be 6'1". Mm-hmm. And Donovan Mitchell can shoot. He can shoot. Yeah, and these and guys can He's not a great shooter, but he can shoot. Yes, he's a threat. He is a threat from the perimeter beyond just his athleticism. And we know he's a great athlete, but beyond just being a great athlete at that size, he can score basically at pretty much any level of the court. So, uh, but even then, though, you can hunt him on defense. Let's go to the commissioner here, real quick, Chris. Let's see what we got. The University of Houston. Marcus Sasser was just picked in the first round. Oh, we missed it. Just missed it. Kelvin Sampson literally just on with us 10 minutes ago. He is on the screen with Marcus Sasser's dad. Uh, A really great moment there. Yeah, just because I was babbling. I hate that. But shout out to Marcus Sasser. Going to Memphis, too. Going to Memphis, a team. They're they're trading trading it to Boston. This is going to Boston. This is going to Boston, and now Boston's trading it to Detroit. So oh, man, Marcus, Marcus Sasser, I don't know where the hell he's going. Uh, eventually, Marcus Sasser will be playing for the Detroit Pistons, unless that pick gets traded more. By way of Boston, by way of Memphis. Yeah, but this is the first time since 87 U of H has had two guys picked in the same draft, and uh, they wind up, they're going to have two guys picked in the first round here. Uh, back in 87, it was Greg Anderson and Ricky Winslow. Uh, Winslow was picked, I believe he was the first pick of the second round. It might have been a couple picks. It was 28th. There were far fewer teams in 1987, so it might have been like the second or third pick of the second round. Uh, but U of H with two first-round picks. They had their first top 10 picks since 1984 in Akeem Olajuwon, and then they have another first-round pick. So that's three first-round picks now uh, with uh, it, during the Kelvin Sampson era. So a very, a very good night for U of H. Man, you just brought out a Greg Cadillac Anderson reference. I have not thought about Greg Cadillac Anderson in so long, but shout-out. The Cadillac Anderson actually went to school with his children, went to elementary school with his children. So, uh, so wow, what a blast for the past. But, yeah, shout out to U of H, Marcus Sasser, going to a successful team. And, and the Flowers, yeah, U of H, you deserve your Flowers for raising the basketball program to this level as it has. 
been raised. So look at that. How about that for for a Houston angle and to put a bow on it entirely? That the Rockets come out of it with two of the highest upside players outside of the obvious player in this draft by getting Amon Thompson at number four overall and watching Cam Whitmore slide all the way to number 20. And then the U of H guys, Jairus Walker as a lottery pick. And of course, Marcus Sasser is going to find his way to Detroit one way or the other uh, through trade and all of that. But two U of H guys also going in the first round, a pretty big night for Houston and for Houston ties, I would say. And Kelvin Sampson joining us. Yeah. Who else had Kelvin Sampson on Yeah, yeah. Kelvin Sampson and joining us exclusively on the radio for a few minutes. If y'all missed that, by the way, you can go back on the Odyssey app and catch it. If you can't find it there, just search Kelvin Sampson. Search H-Town Who's Podcast because it's going to be in our podcast feed. And look, man, if y'all are not in on the H-Town Who's Podcast with myself, Brandon Scott and Adam Spillane, we do this thing every week, breaking down the Rockets, What's happening in season? What's happening in the off season? Having a really good time doing it. Make sure that you are subscribing to that podcast wherever it is that you get your podcast. Make sure you rate it, review it, tell a friend about it. This has been the NBA draft special. We've had a good time doing this, man. Really glad to have the opportunity. Always fun when we get to be Absolutely. in the booth together and talk Rockets because we honestly don't get to do it enough. But this has been fun. For Chris Santiago, handling things behind the glass. For my man, Adam Spillane. I am Brandon Scott. Y'all be good, man. We need to fly some in and out out here. In and out burger? I need some in and out. Just fly it out to New York for a day. I'm going to be good.